Well, hello and welcome to another podcast of the three old matzo balls talk sports. My name is Mike Elster and I want to welcome you. And for those of you that are returning as listeners, which is a significant uh, progress in that direction, uh, welcome back. So how are you boys doing? Never better. Never better. Okay, well that's uh, that's that's my uh, my my colleague and and uh, high school buddy Drew, uh, Pomer- Drew Drew Pomerantz um, and uh, Brian. How are you doing, pal? I'm doing all right. Can you hear me okay right now? Hear you great. Okay, because it just came up that my internet was uh, malfunctioning. But anyway, it's great to be back. I missed a week, and uh, I wish I could have been here to defend myself, but I wasn't. Uh, I know my basketball skills were questioned, but I'm looking forward to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we understand that the uh, the internet is a, a fairly new presence in in bucolic Fresno. So, uh, welcome. Well, the internet, the internet may be a new presence, but us questioning your basketball ability goes back many decades. So uh, if you're not fucking used to it <laughs> yeah. by now, thank you, thank yeah. you, and, and and I'm glad that Al Gore finally made it out to uh, Fresno <laughs> to, to to install the internet out there. He was he was there himself with, right. his, with his hard hat. <laughs> anyway, Taylor, if you're listening, trust me, that game won't be as easy as they say it will. <laughs> So our, our topics for, for today's podcast, uh, we're going to finish up with our NFL picks, our division picks. We, we all went around the horn and did the AFC last week. So we're going to continue and have our NFC division picks this week, along with the team that we each think is going to have the most improved record in the NFC. And then we're going to switch up a bit. We're going to switch up professional sports and go over to professional golf and render our considerable opinions about the Saudi-backed uh, LIV tour. So let's go ahead and get started with uh, with football, you guys. Uh, Brian, why don't you start us off with your, your thoughts about the NFC East? My thoughts on the NFC East? Well, probably a little surprising. I am going to tell you right now that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win that division with Jalen Hurts. And the uh, I think Jalen Hurts is going to have a breakout year. I think the locker room in Philadelphia is excited about this year. Uh, and I'm, there's two other reasons why I'm picking Philadelphia. Number one, I am a Washington Commanders fan. And under no circumstances will I ever pick Dallas to win anything. Uh, number two, our close, close friend Howard Fink is a huge Dallas fan, and I never want to see him happy. So therefore, I will always root against Dallas. Now, that being said... I am going to take Dallas to finish second, even though they have the Jerry Jones syndrome, which means Jerry Jones could screw it up, as he always does. He had Jimmy Johnson, God knows how many years ago, he screwed that up. The other day I hear him on a freaking uh, interview where he says, we go as Zeke goes. Well, how stupid are you? You go as your freaking quarterback goes, and Zeke is on the downhill slide. So from my opinion, Dallas will not win the division Nobody cares about the Giants. And unfortunately, my team, the Commanders, as bad as Jerry Jones is, they have by far the worst owner, owner in all of sports. So that's kind of how I see it. Drew, right. you're up. You're up, buddy. Uh, I, I have to say, I, I think maybe everybody should go to Vegas and bet against Philly because I, too, think that they're going to win the division. 
You and I agree, Brian. I think Dallas has a better roster, but but they're just a shit show. They're just a shit show. They're the most overrated team in, in every every single year. And and then the other two teams really are just not even competitive. And I mean, I, I would love to see Washington get competitive again. They haven't been competitive since they had Joe Theismann handing the ball to big 44 John Riggins. Baby. At, at my house, by the way, when yeah, we watched yeah. them. Yeah, back in the day. And before that, the great, great Sonny Jurgensen, who, of course, would be a superb athlete by today's standards. But that's a, <laughs> that's a whole different conversation. So I kind of I see it the same way. No surprise there. So, he, yeah, so uh, this is going to be uh, very, very short. Um, we have just, gentlemen... Uh, for those of you that don't know our, the three of our track records in terms of gambling, it, I'll just say that here that it's not very good. So we just um, we just handed the Eagles uh, a 50-pound bag of hot, steaming, fresh uh, dog shit because I, too, uh, have the Eagles winning that division. Uh, Brian, with apologies to you, I just think that Washington is, is going to suck again. The Giants are going to suck again. Uh, I think you guys uh, spoke perfectly about the Dallas Cowboys. I saw a statistic that that should be shocking, but isn't about the Cowboys. They committed another 10 penalties in this last preseason game, bringing their uh, their the average number of penalties in the preseason to 11 for 99 yards. For a little perspective, the NFL average is six penalties for 55 yards. And if anybody wants to just blow that off and say, oh, it's the preseason, it's not a big deal. Um, I beg to differ. Um, I think that uh, McCarthy was tasked to do one thing in terms of improving as a coach. And that was to cut back on the errors and the penalties, right? So uh, a major fail there. So I, I'm going with, uh, with, the, with the Eagles as well. So we hit the, hit the trifecta there. Okay. So let's go to the shift over to the NFC West. Drewski. All right. Bad news for the Eagles. Uh, NFC West. Be before I do that, I, I just got something across the wire. I just love that across the wire. Wow. Uh, Shohei Otani. He leads the Angels in plate appearances and innings pitched. He's come to the plate more than any other Angel. And he's pitched more innings than any other angel. What was the last time? When was the last time a major league player led their team outright in plate appearances and innings pitched? Well, it's going to be the babe. Babe Ruth. It's not. It's not. Guy named Jimmy Devlin. Now, do you remember Jimmy Devlin? Uh, no, is that Bruce Devlin, the golfer's grandfather? Great. No, no. Uh, you shouldn't remember him. Nobody remembers him because the year he did it was for the Louisville Grays in 1876. That is the last time. To me, that is before organized baseball really began, which the point is Shohei Otani is not a once-in-a-generational player. He's a once-in-a-lifetime player. That is That blew me away. Anyway, Amen. getting back to the NFC West. Amen. Um, look, our Rams are the world champions. Until they're not, they're the team to pick. They're, you know, Everybody's worried about Matthew Stafford's elbow. I think his elbow is going to be fine. Um, defense should be fine as long as Aaron Donald remains healthy. Uh, they've got a great coach. Um, yeah, they've lost a couple guys, but they picked up uh, Allen Robinson, Cooper Cup, if he's healthy, just fantastic. Uh, 49ers are going to be good, but Trey Lance is untested. And I just don't think an untested quarterback in that division is going to beat Matthew Stafford. 
So Rams to win 49ers second. Um, I think the most disappointing team, I think Arizona is going to be good again, but I, I just think over the course of a season, they're not good enough to get over the hump and Seattle will be really, really disappointing. Uh, you know, they just don't have a quarterback and, uh, I, I hate to say it, but I think Pete should be back in college football. So that's the NFC West. Well, let me go. Let, let me go ahead and go here. So um, I, I, I have to tell you guys, I tried really hard to not play Homer here. Being an L.A. guy like both of you, being a Rams fan like both of well, not necessarily Brian, but for over 50 years. Uh, but again, just like the Bengals and the AFC who people seem to have forgot that they came darn close to winning the Super Bowl last year. They're like the seventh or eighth favorite to, to, uh, to win the Super Bowl this year, according to odds makers. I can't see how the Rams have done anything in the off season to take a step back. So Drew, I I'm with you. So the Rams are teetering on the brink of disaster because uh, you and I have picked them. We'll see uh, how Brian checks in here in just a minute. Uh, Seattle's going to suck. I think, as you do, that Arizona is going to have some real have some real trust issues and some real leadership uh, issues between management and their quarterback, um, and that that would get in their way of winning this division, which leaves us with the 49ers. I, I, I unlike you, Drew, I actually think that Trey Lance is, is going to shock the league um, and have and be really, really, really good. And with the rest of the personnel on that team and with a fantastic defense, um, you know, I think that they're going to totally give the Rams a run for their money. And let's not forget that if the Rams have one kryptonite, right, um, one weakness in terms of a team that seems to have their number, it's the San, it's the San Francisco 49ers. So I still think the Rams are going to come out on top and be a division winner. I do think that the 49ers are going to have a solid enough record to definitely get in the playoffs and be a real threat. Brian? Well... First of all, this is pretty easy. I mean, the Rams are the best team in that division, uh, without question. Now, uh, my very good friend who I play golf with, Rod Scary, brought up a great point, and he is a huge, huge Ram fan. But and he thinks we're the best team in football. He said the fact that Sean McVay got married, where's his focus going to be? Is he going to be focused on his marriage, or is he going to be focused on football? And I think it's a great point. Uh, I really, up until today, had Arizona coming in second. I disagree with you wholeheartedly, Mike. I think Trey Lance sucks. Um, and I think the fact that the Niners just signed Jimmy G, uh, who will be starting within the next six games, is a big, big plus for them. And by the way, before I go on, how big a prick could Jimmy G be? In three years, he led his team to a Super Bowl and led him to the NFC Championship and they didn't even want to sign him. They didn't even have him in the locker room. And other than Seattle, no one else wanted this guy. So I don't know what this guy's got that people don't want, but obviously it's something. Um, Arizona, I'm going to have him slide down to three only because of Jimmy G signing with uh, San Francisco. I agree with you there, Mike. Kyler Murray, I, I can't believe he's happy there after what happened and his, uh, him not studying the playbook or whatever the hell it was. And then lastly, yeah, how did he go to school? They wanted him to fucking right. go to school. Yeah. And I, I don't uh, – I don't. first of all, the Seattle Seahawks, I'd have to say, is one Geno Smith. That's their starting quarterback. And I think Pete Carroll has dementia because the guy came to USC, built them into the best team in college football because he got players, went to Seattle, almost won two Super Bowls because he had players – 
And now he's sitting around at 70 years old with nobody on his team. I don't know what he's thinking. I, I think Seattle could be one of the worst teams in all of football. So that's my take on everything. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go go first here in terms of the NFC North, Brian. I just want to say one thing about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I think what teams were afraid of is while he's 31 years old and still in the prime for a quarterback of his career, I think they're deathly afraid of the injury track record. And yeah, but these teams are losers. They could well, use a guy that wins. Uh, agreed. Yeah, what and, and I, it's like these teams aren't giving up, you know, Aaron Rodgers to go after Jimmy G. And let me just say that my my vote of confidence for Trey Lance Lance was was definitely uh, dinged today when uh, the news that you spoke of, Brian, you know, came out about, uh, you know, the re-signing of, uh, of Garoppolo. And I wouldn't be shocked either if Trey, you know, craps down his leg that they won't hesitate for a minute to put uh, Jimmy in there. But to my point, in terms of their personnel, I still think that they're going to have a solid enough record at the end of the year. I think I could easily see them splitting the divisional games against the Rams and, and making it, uh, making it in as a wild card. So anyway, let's hey, go ahead. Mike real quick. Yeah. Have you seen Trey Lance? He's, um, he's, he's got the worst hair I've ever seen, by the way, he either needs to shave that head or get a LeBron James transplant because no quarterback should look that bad. Okay. Well, listen, um, uh, if people saw us <laughs> as opposed to just hearing us, they would know, Brian, that you and I um, should be experts regarding hairstyles, given our pompadours, right? That's right. Shave it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So NFC North, um, I don't know that this, boy, uh, this may come as a shocker to you guys, but I just can't shake the feeling that that Aaron Rodgers is not going to is not going to be as great as he's been in the past this year. Uh, and I'm, I'm taking the Vikings actually to win the division over the Packers here. I know it's dangerous to fade on Rogers, but I just think the Vikings are coming on. They're going to overtake the uh, Packers vice grip on this division this year and prove Rogers wrong that he quote unquote owns the division. And uh, I'd be shocked if the Bears, you know, win more than five games this year. So enough said about them and the Lions are going to be, well, they'll be the Lions of the past couple of decades. So uh, I've got the Vikings uh, finishing in first place in that division. Brian? Yeah, that's a nice pick, but unfortunately you'll be wrong. Um, <laughs> look, at a lot of it depends on if our flower child, Aaron Rodgers, uh, if he's taken that hallucinogenic tea either before, during or after the game. If he's taking it after the game, they're going to be fine. If he's taking it before, during, you never know what the hell is going to come out of him. But even without Devontae Adams, they're better than everyone else. I, I hear the Vikings are going to be better, and everyone says that, but they still have Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins is a nice quarterback that can lead you to nowhere. Um, and I'm not even sure the guy gets along with his coach at all. Uh, there's really no need to talk about Chicago. They stink. Detroit has Jared Goff. They're not good. And I love it because everyone says they all play hard for Dan Campbell. You know what? That's great. They play hard, but they're not very good. So I just think that the Packers are going to come in first. The Vikings are going to come in second. And I could care less who comes in third and fourth. Um, as between you two, you know, gambling geniuses, I think I have to go with gambling genius Brian on this one and say that the Packers are probably good enough to win. I, I do agree. You don't know which Rogers you're going to get. Um, he really has turned into just a fruit loop. And um, that's a shame because uh, I was a fan of his and, and then he just decided to lie about shit and 
say stupid things. Uh, I do think, Brian, it'll matter not having Devontae Adams. He's a year older. I think Adams bailed him out on some things last year. Um, but I still think they're good enough to beat, to beat Minnesota because Kirk Cousins is a fantastic quarterback if you want to eke into a wild card game and then get blown out in the first game of the playoffs. That's, that's your guy. So I don't see the Vikings topping Green Bay this year. Um, the other two teams obviously won't be there. I think the Chicago Cubs are, are really – they might as well be the Chicago Cubs. I just realized they're the Chicago Bears. So, yes. So, yeah, they might as well be the little Cubbies because the Bears might go into hibernation. This could be one of the worst football teams uh, ever put together. And I just shudder to think what guys like um, – Dick Butkus or the, the, the great Gale Sayers um, would be thinking about all of this craziness. But anyway, Green Bay. All right. So, Drew, Drew, you're on a roll. Why don't you finish this off with the NFC South? Yeah, to me, that's that's pretty easy. If if they can keep Brady upright and if they can keep him healthy, this will be a division that's a big, big runaway. I just don't see any of the other teams even competitive. I think you've got maybe with a healthy Baker Mayfield, Carolina could be decent. They could be a 500 ball club, but Tampa Bay, if Brady's healthy is a 11, 12 win team, no matter what. And, and it's just a bad, bad division. So that's all I have to say about Tampa Bay. I'm going to put, so, okay. I'm going to disagree with you here. Um, I am taking new Orleans to win this division. I know that I will, that, that's a very high risk pick because I'm, I'm basically putting all the chips in the center of the table on, on, on Winston not being injured uh, this year and having as great a year that he started out with before he got injured last year. And, uh, and the saints seem to have Tampa Bay's number. So uh, just like the Niners against the Rams uh, the Saints uh, know have figured out a way somehow to beat Tampa Bay, and so that's a, that's a divisional impact there. And so I'm picking um, I'm picking New Orleans, Brian. Yeah, I'm kind of in shock. You know, Mike, I I love you. You know, we've been friends for probably oh, 50 years. Okay, here it, comes here comes the other shoe drop, and wait for it, folks. Go ahead. Yeah, because that could be the dumbest thing you've ever said since I've known you. There we um, go. And by the way, in a sea of dumb things, this does stand out as as pretty good. So, oh my maybe, God, maybe yep. some creepy senility is coming in too. Could Holy be. Jesus! Could be. Anyway, uh, it'll make it'll make the last laugh I'll have against you guys. Oh yeah, year even better, <laughs> even sweeter. Along with watching Tater kick the ever living shit out of you and Horse Brian when you don't make one fucking shot. Oh, I can't. I give me a minute to talk about that then. But okay. anyway, okay, um, go. Uh, well, let me, let me, Tampa Bay is going to win. Um, they're just by far the best team. This is the worst division. That's a bad division. Uh, you got Brady, you got Julio Jones, who'll be fine. Um, they're just much better. I, I have no idea who's going to come in second. Um, New Orleans lost what I think was one of the best coaches in, uh, in all of football. They're going to try and win it with Jamison Winston. Dennis Allen is the coach. Who cares? Uh, Atlanta has Marcus Mariota. The Carolina Panthers, to me, and Drew, you mentioned it. Do you think they could be better with Baker Macefield? I'd rather have Joe Namath in his current condition behind center <laughs> than Baker Mayfield. Okay, 
that Baker Mayfield couldn't do shit with a better team in Cleveland. And now you're going to put him on the Carolina Panthers and ask this guy to do something again. He's better off making commercials because I, I just think he's horrible. I just think he's really bad. I'm asking him to go eight and eight. I don't think there's much more beyond that. I, I, I guess. Um, I, think I just don't wins. see it. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I think eight wins by the Panthers this year would be nothing short of a miracle. Um, <laughs> Brian, let's just stick with you in terms of your biggest NFC uh, improved record team. Well, I, it's going to be Philadelphia. Uh, I pick them. I'm picking them to win a division. I think they were what nine and eight last year. Right. So I've got. I, I think they're going to win eleven to twelve games. I really think they're that much better than the other teams. So I'm going to go with Philadelphia. I'm going with the Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings are going to finish uh, twelve and five this year. Drew, uh, I'm going to go. And you guys may now think that this is the stupidest thing I've ever said. And again, in a sea of dumb things over my life, I think the Detroit Lions will be much improved over where they were last year. I think they have a chance to win eight games. Okay. okay. I, I can't believe I'm hanging around with you idiots. Seriously. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Okay. That's well, it. That's all. Eight, yeah. eight games. That's so a big we, improvement from last year. It, it is. And Drew, I mean, you probably, maybe what went into your decision-making is that the Lions, didn't the Lions lose like almost every game that they lost last year was by less than a field goal or something like that? It was some. As Brian said, they play really hard for Dan Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boys. Well, listen, uh, that was great. And we're going to switch topics now and switch sports now over to uh, professional golf. And um, I'm going to defer to you guys on this. I think you've done a lot more. Uh, you're, you're holding a lot more energy about um, about the controversy um, stirred up by uh, the Saudi backed LIV tour. So um, who wants to start in rendering? You want to go ahead? Yeah. Yeah. I have a few observations, you know, the PGA tour, love it or live it. Um, my first observation is just in general, you know, I'm a firm believer in free competition and that every person should be able to make as much money as they can. I mean, that's America, right? Everybody should make as much money. And who are we to say you can't do that? So secondly, my immediate reaction was how dare these Saudi upstarts come in and in, insert themselves into golf and disrupt the great PGA tour. So I was holding two completely contradictory positions at once, free competition, make money. And how dare they come in and do anything to disrupt the PGA tour, this sacrosanct body. So now that I've, I've kind of sifted through and some of the dust has settled, um, my position is I have no issue with an upstart league and players leaving to take money. That's perfectly fine. At the same time, I have no issue with the PGA Tour protecting itself and banning anybody that defects over to the Live Tour. That's their right to do as well. So what, what's going to happen? Here's, here's what I think, Mike and Brian. Um, like it or not, the Live Tour has forced the PGA Tour to make some hard decisions and improve. I mean, mm -hmm. we've seen the purses are going to be much bigger next year. There's going to be certain marquee events. And just as players owe part of their paycheck over the years to what Arnold Palmer did for golf and then later what Tiger did for golf, I think some of these players should pay a little bit to Greg Norman because they're all going to make a shitload more money on the PGA Tour 
because the Lib Tour came around and scared the shit out of them and, and forced the PGA Tour to, to come to some reconciliation of really some shortcomings. My other observation is that the only way the Live Tour is going away is one of two things. First, one man, one man could end the Live Tour today. If Fred Ridley, the chairman of Augusta National, said, anybody that plays on the Live Tour is no longer welcome to play at Augusta for the Masters, that would be the end of the Live Tour immediately. I don't think he'll do that because I don't think he gives a shit about the PGA Tour and he wants all the best players to play at the Masters anyway. Um, unfortunately, the U.S. Open and the British Open, they can't make that pronouncement because they're open. They're open to anybody that has a certain handicap and would otherwise qualify. So these guys can qualify and get in. But I think at some point, um, guys, there's going to be a merger and, and there's going to end up being a world tour, just like the AFL and the NFL merged, just like the NBA and the ABA merged. At some point, competition will work its way so that you merge and a world tour will, will emerge out of all of this. So that's my view, man. Okay, you know, it's interesting. You, you started off and, and I agree with everything you say. I kind of disagree with how you see it at the end, but I'll, I'll get there in a little bit. Um, I am also uh, a proponent of free enterprise. And the way I look at it is that these guys got offers, for a lot of money, they decided to take it, which I have no problem with. They left one organization to go to another organization. The only thing I don't like is why are you gonna be a little bitch and complain that you wanna go play on other uh, events that uh, isn't necessarily sponsored by the PGA, but is affiliated with the PGA. Once you made the decision to leave, you knew what the consequences were, especially now. And the guy that I actually think kind of gets it more than anyone, and I'm not a fan of his, is Dustin Johnson. He just gave up his PGA card. You don't hear him bitching about anything. Yeah, He's, he's happy. Let me play 14, 17 events. Let me make $100 million, and I'm good with it. Right. But this guy, Patrick Reed, that's, you know has the lawsuit, I, you know what? Again, stop crying. You're making a shitload of money. You decided to go with the LIV. Right. Take it or leave it. I don't get it. That's where yeah. I lose respect for these idiots. Yeah, um, I and I don't, I don't want to hear that. Well, they should have the right. They don't have to have the right. You left the company to go to another company. That's um, right. And then the other thing is, is that I, I don't know, Drew, if the U.S. Open or the British Open have to allow these guys back. Um, I think that's still up in question. And Fred Ridley did make comments earlier stating that he kind of emphasized these guys not to go to the live tour. So I'm not so sure that the masters is going to let these guys in. Quite frankly, I like controversy because, you know, I just enjoy watching it. I hope they don't let them in just because it creates more controversy. The other thing on the live tour is this, you and I both know none of these guys, whether it's the PGA or whether it's the live tour, move the needle. There's only one guy that moves the needle. And unfortunately his best days are long, long gone. And that's yeah. Tiger Woods. Yeah. Cam Smith, you know, they're talking about, he was supposed to go today. Go. We don't need a mullet on the PGA anyway. Go. Um, but who's really going that you really care about? Uh, you know, I have another good friend, Jim Shahadi that says, well, I want to see the best players all play in one tournament. I don't really give a shit. And for the average golf fan, they're just watching the majors anyway on Sunday. Yeah. Um, 
But I think what's going to do the live tour in, and I agree they've made, they, they are responsible for helping the PGA uh, to create more money for these, uh, for these um, professionals. But I think, and Greg Norman mentioned it, they need a TV contract. And I don't know who or what network is going to take a chance yeah. on giving them a TV contract. They Go ahead. They also, need, they also need to play for something because you're watching a PGA Tour event. Okay, they're playing for either a trophy, a major, the right to be exempt, the right to get into the Masters, the right to get into the US Open. When you're watching the Live Tour, they're just playing for money. And I, I got to tell you, it, I, I watched part of the Live Tour event from Portland. It wasn't very interesting. Those guys didn't look like they gave a shit because they've already been paid $100 million to join. Now they're playing for 4 or 5 or $10 million on the turn. They were just playing for money. I'm not going right. to watch a match just when there's nothing at stake but money that they already have. Which I, believe, which, which I believe was a major point that Tiger first brought up, wasn't it? Right. Yeah. You know, now I'll tell you this. Um, like I said, but getting back to the TV contract, I don't think they're going to get one. And even if they did, what kind of sponsors are going to want to go out and take a chance with that? So I, I don't see them lasting long. I, I eventually see it just going away. I'll tell you what I would like to see. And I talked about this yesterday. Let's get a match with live tour players like the Ryder Cup and the PGA and let's let them go at it. The only problem is, like someone told me yesterday, the PGA doesn't want to even acknowledge them. Or better yet, let's get like WWE. Let's get a Royal Rumble in there, baby. And let's let these guys get in a ring and beat the hell out of each other. Oh man, um, a couple suplexes or yeah, slams, perfect. But I, like I said, I think we all agree it's fine to get the money. You're doing it for money. Stop giving me this bullshit that you're doing it for something else. You're not growing the tour. Um, take your money, but stop bitching that you can't play in this or play in that. You took the money. I don't feel bad for you. You got a lot of money. That was awesome, guys. So I, I really don't have anything, uh, anything to to add to what you both said about that. I too am a big advocate of free enterprise. I have no problem with that. The biggest issue I have is what Brian just said, uh, which I agree with, is to think that we are so stupid that we would believe your lies about saying how it wasn't about the money. I would it's always about the money it's always i would, about I would challenge every single player that jumped to take a lie detector test and say into the lie detector into the microphone i didn't do this for the money because they're all a bunch of of, of lying sacks so that's that's the thing that i have the uh, the biggest beef with let me throw an idea out to you guys a friend of mine uh said why don't they start a tour why doesn't the liv start a tour the exact opposite of uh, of good golfers and, and take golfers that have high handicaps, just take regular guys like the two of you, for example, higher handicaps and create a, a tour of, of high handicap, like Joe Schmo golfers. And there, Brian, would you, for example, if Greg Norman called you and said, God, I just think that's a great idea. I think our viewing audience would, would, would be, you know, huge with that. You know, we could have uh, Jared Tall be a sponsor. You know, we could have, uh, you know, the Blue Pill guys be a sponsor. Um, and Brian, we're going to pay you. Um, we're going to pay you a million dollars, you know, uh, to come join us. What say you? Well, first of all, as we know, 
there's not much I wouldn't do for a million dollars. That's okay. why I chose a million. Drew, uh, okay. hey, Drew, Drew, the million dollar, by the way, the million dollar lure was not a coincidence. But right. you knew I, that. yeah, that's an inside joke, people, that we're never uh, going to mention. Uh, but yeah, there, I, I have a question. I, I get to watch Brian. I, I get Brian gets paid a million dollars so I can watch him shoot in 87. I mean, I've played with him for nothing. And he's and I've watched him shoot in 87. <laughs> Good point. Good point. But okay, so uh, we know Brian would take the million. Drew, what about you? Some idiot wants to pay me a lot of money to watch a to watch a, a 12 handicapper play golf. I'm in. Of course I'm in. Of course. Well, I, I'll say this. At least, you know, my athletic skills are really getting questioned on this freaking podcast, but at least you did it in, at least you did it in front of me this time. <laughs> yeah. well, well, you know what? Let's let's just carry that. We only have a couple minutes left. So, Brian, why don't you take like one or two minutes quickly? And, and uh, you know, I think you have a message for, for Taylor and, and a challenge because, you know, that the next time he comes back to the United States, you know, to visit his family after the season next year, that there's going to be this little uh, contest between you and him, this game of horse up here on a, a, a court to be determined in Santa Barbara. All right. Um, well, yeah, I could look at I know Taylor had a great high school career. Um I know he had an excellent college career and I know he's played uh, uh, overseas for 14 years. And yes, in 1974, I guess my, my senior year, my high school team was, was really bad. They weren't very good. So I admit that, but I think you, I think, I think both of you would realize that we did have probably one of the best shooters in Southern California on that team. And, and that's me. Um, the biggest oh problem. Oh, oh God. The biggest problem was, is that our point guard who we already mentioned, Howard Fink, uh, is a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. Uh, and the problem was, is he was uh, jealous and envious of me. So he didn't pass me the ball as often as he should have. And instead he passed it to some guy uh, by the name of Russ Peterson, who was nothing more than a pretty boy, who uh, basically had million dollar moves in a two cent shot. We know he couldn't shoot the freaking ball. He had a vertical leap though. That was uh, really yeah, he, something. He, he could jump over you, which is not saying much because you're what, yeah, five, but he couldn't five, shoot three. It. Uh, what do you mean? Five, three, about five, four. No, um, no, I'm so, or he passed it into a guy named Mike Hungness, who was a center at six, six. He played like he was four, six. So the problem was, is if that selfish son of a bitch, Howard would have passed me the ball as he should have, then I go ahead and I get off about 50 shots. And I think both of you guys know, I'm going to hit 30 of them. And there was no three point line. So the 30 shots are going to come up to 60 points. And then if those freaking maggots could muster up another 12 to 14 between them, we're going to get 74 points and we're going to win. Um, so I think we know that that to be the case. Second of all, and Drew, you know this because you were at the games. Mike, I don't know where you were. You could have been watching porn for all I know. But when we came out. I was for, acting in porn just for the record. <laughs> when, when we came out, okay, for pregame. Those, they, those people were there to watch me. Drew, you know that. You know that women wanted to be with me. You knew that guys wanted to be me. And the bottom line, Taylor, is this, okay? And I'm not going to mention any women that wanted to be with me, Lori Fink. But, um, but the bottom line is, okay, Taylor, you've got youth on me, and you have a better mid-range jumper. But if I take control of that game and I get to shoot the three, you are done. Next. So let me apologize to Taylor and let me apologize to our listening audience because um, 
Brian, who we know between the three of us is uh, unhinged on his best days. That that was that one's a record setter. I you know you Drew, ever watched the cart you ever watched a cartoon and the cartoon characters eyes pop out and the jaw drops down and hits the floor. Yes, that's that's me right now. Okay, and I've heard Brian say a lot of shit. This this might be the best. This might be the biggest jaw dropping pile of steaming manure I, I've ever heard come out of your mouth. And for that, at your age, to be able to spin this, I have nothing but respect for you, buddy. Thank you. I only speak the truth. <laughs> so, okay. So on that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to call it into the podcast for this evening. And uh, we have one more, I think, that we're going to hold before the, we join our friends in Las Vegas, which is a special trip that I want to talk. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about on the next uh, podcast. And in the meantime, everybody stay well over and out. See you guys. Go Trojans. Yeah. <laughs>